Hey everyone, this is Chase with Into the Fray. To start off today's episode, we just want to give you a warning that this episode contains explicit content, so it may not be suitable for all ages. We hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm Austin. I'm Robbie. Uh, how was your vacation? I was really good. It was really good. Very, very needed. Um, yeah, a week at youth camp. Uh, home on Friday night. Unpacked, clean clothes, repacked, and left Saturday morning for a family vacation. So the timing was uh, phenomenal. I need a little <laughs> vacay. Uh, no, youth camp was good too. Uh, seeing those kids, man, watch God move and them just kind of peel back the normacy of worship mm-hmm. and uh it was really good to see them uh just got it work but yeah it was always good to go on family vacation man because i'm one of those i like to do as much because i got a list in my head of things that need to be done and so i'm check 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 and then knowing that i'm gonna be gone for two weeks in a row like just amplified that yeah and then there comes a point of like i've done all i can do I'll be here waiting, God, Lord willing, when I get back. Yeah. And I just, I can, I, I can check out. I used yeah. to not be able to do that. It's taken me a, a while. But the last few years, when I'm out, I'm out. I'm fully engaged with my family, been able to rest. It doesn't bother me at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. So do y'all take a, I've seen a picture. Mm-hmm. Is it like a huge group of y'all going on these vacations? Well, this time, yes. I mean, usually we go during uh, this time of the year, um, June, with the family. And this year, two of our, uh, since Griffin was probably maybe, I don't know, seven or eight travel ball uh, families. One lives in Lowndes County and the other in Cook County. that We've known, you know, obviously, for 12, 13 years kind of thing. We just, we love them. Um, my wife is really good friends uh, with the wives, and, and I, I love the guys as well. So, yeah, we we just decided, hey, we're going to do kind of a multi-family vacation. And so it was uh, two other families plus my in-laws, my father-in-law and mother-in-law went. So, yeah, it was, you know, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it makes things, you know, when you get that many people together. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool, but uh, it was really, really good. So do y'all split off, though, at times and do things mm-hmm. with your own families? No, or? pretty much. We had, no, we were together. The, the thing about it this time, though, is it, we were only all together for like a day or two. Okay. Yeah, so you had some that couldn't come until later in the week. You had some that had to leave midweek for other things, you know, just kid stuff, work stuff, whatever kind of thing. So, yeah, all of us at one time were probably there maybe a day, day and a half kind of deal. Okay. Yeah, and the, and actually the one day that we, the full day, um, half of us went deep sea fishing. So we, yeah. we didn't even see the other ones you know, until that night. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it was it was good. But, yeah, we, no, we, we did everything together. Late, a lot of late nights playing Uno. Love yeah. It. Very competitive Uno. You ever play Face 10? Uh, no, I've not. That's fun. Oh, yeah? It's like a, a step above Uno, a little more complicated. Okay. Oh yeah, well they they complicated my Uno yeah. because the rules. They do doubles. Or something oh like yeah, that. doubles and <laughs> draw until you get one. Like all this kind of new stuff. Like I'm like, hey, how we play? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's just funny, man. Because we love each other. It's just like you know, even doing a church thing, 
you know, we love Jesus, we love each other, but we are extremely competitive. And so, yeah, we uh, we get after it, like the smack talk a little bit, you know, that kind of stuff, all in fun. Yeah. But it was really fun. Good times. Yeah. I feel like smack talk never worked well for me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of comes yeah. back and bites you. Yeah. I, I'm not a super competitive person. Mm-hmm. But uh, so usually with like we do family game nights. Yep. I'm just a person like just trying to annoy you to death oh, until okay. you just give out. Oh, wow. Everyone else is like competing. I'm just like, I'm here. Let <laughs> me <laughs> see how, how much I can annoy you during this game. Oh, wow. Get you off track. Uh-huh. Mind games. I'm yeah. with you. Now, you mentioned you were off as well. Any, yeah. any trips for you? Or? No. I did uh, that last uh, Friday. I got to go see my best friend. Okay. He moved two hours away from here. Okay. And uh, his, his car is still here at his dad's and needs to be fixed. So he's coming back down to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I went to pick him up, brought him back. We played some disc golf. Yeah. I don't know if you've done yeah, that. Yeah, I have never done it. I've watched it yeah. kind of thing, but no, I've, it was pretty It made me miss it. When he used to live here, me and him, he was my buddy I'd go kayaking with all the time mm-hmm. and play disc golf with all the time. And, uh, I mean, he's been gone for two like two years. Mm. So I haven't had him to do that with, especially disc golf. Like kayaking is fine, easy to find a replacement. Yeah. But uh, disc golf is not. Yeah. And so we finally played after two years, and we were, we were actually better. Than when you played last, yeah, like we and you had not played since. No, that yeah. that was it was like okay. okay, maybe we needed this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Are you pretty good at disc golf? Uh, I didn't know that about you. I'm just curious. I think so. Yeah, I guess I'm better than the average person who plays because yeah. the average person who plays is just yeah. yeah. I, I can't know. throw a frisbee straight on a beach. Is the reason I asked. Like oh so, yeah, I'd probably be yeah. I can throw yeah. I'm okay. good at that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Have you ever done is you do a hole in one kind of thing? Oh heck no. no. Especially not at these courses. This course. Okay. We go to okay. Freedom Park and uh Yeah, well see I've seen like doing baseball tournaments and stuff there. I've seen them have yeah. I guess a tournament or whatever it is, yeah, at the same time. I think there's deep. only one uh hole that you could maybe get a hole in one on. Uh-huh. The rest there's way too many trees. Uh-huh. <laughs> there there and there's like a couple of holes where you're just throwing hoping that you get somewhere near that goal. Okay. But uh I'm pretty good, and better, definitely this last time. Hmm. I was I was throwing it from pretty far away and making it in. I was like, "Yo, I got wow. it, I got it bad." Imagine too being someone who can't throw a frisbee ten feet uh, straight. Uh, there's a lot of technique and stuff to it too. I mean, yeah. it's not just like okay, yeah, throwing it straight. I mean, you got to be able to throw it with angles and calculate the wind. I mean, stuff that you would with anything playing golf yeah. or anything else, but. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have to think about the wind too much. It wasn't a windy day, but uh, you definitely, you know, we used to bring a friend. Uh, I'm, I'll put him out there, Jacob. Okay. Jacob can't throw a frisbee at all. Really? See, Jacob and he, I would need to walk together then. Okay. He throws it like it's uh, like holding a plate, uh, standing yeah. up. Yeah. He throws it like that. Okay. That you can't do that. Yeah. That doesn't do anything. <laughs> but that's how he just always throws. Okay. And then two, there's like a, a one guy who like they'll some people throw it like way too hard. Yeah, which definitely is like a danger. But uh, it's more so like just flicking your wrist and letting uh-huh. go at the right time. And hmm. yeah, okay. So I play golf. So like if you throw one, you try to throw it too hard or something, you have to yell four if it's going on the other side. 
in this? No, no, no. No. You don't ever hit anybody? No. Okay. Uh, it's not a popular sport. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one out there. <laughs> yeah. That was okay. nice too of like we uh because usually we try to bring like a group with us and like really get some competition going. Huh. This time it was like it was a last minute thing of like, hey, let's stop by and play some disc golf. Yeah. We ran through that course so fast, it was so nice. Because oh. it was also like steaming hot. Yeah. And so And you're walking it obviously yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Because we were all these always the better two players of the groups that we would bring, it was, we just running through that course. It was nice. nice. Yeah. Cool. Learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're talking about sex again. Uh, we're going to get. Sex again. That's all we talk about on this podcast. This yeah. is your first time <laughs> tuning in. No, I'm kidding. We, uh, but I think this one will be maybe, uh, a, a, we'll go a little bit more deeper than we did on the last time when yeah. uh, me, you, and Ryan talked about it. Yep. And so I think I think it'd be good to go listen to that episode first. That sets things up. And mm-hmm. this time we'll just go a little bit deeper. Yep. Uh, but I want to start with, like, why I had this conversation about sex, hookup culture, uh, First Corinthians, and how, like, Christianity was... Uh, it, it Christianity's view on sex and marriage and the body and all mm-hmm. that stuff how uh how it interacted with the culture's view yeah and how that can apply today in our culture as well because i think there's a lot we can learn from them and uh mm, definitely then two the, the big one is masturbation yeah so like what do we do about that yeah and you know austin not to cut you off but when the, the episode austin mentioned uh with he and, and ryan and myself was specifically more geared i guess toward or not i'm guess it was more geared toward uh, pornography yeah um which is is yeah. not talked about a lot, but at least it is a little bit, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in, in the Christian realm. Masturbation, on the other hand, like, I don't know, people, it's probably right now hearing the word out loud and coming from a pastor's mouth, and maybe you're, yeah. like, tensing up, like, can you, can you really say that? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. I did, twice. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, but it's one of those things that, yeah, I mean, I don't understand why, I mean, I do understand why we don't talk about it. But sex in general, um, sexuality, masturbation, those kind of things, like we should be talking about that, mm-hmm. you know. And and we we're gonna you know get into it a little deeper. But if you've got kids again, I mean, you definitely need to be talking to them about it. Yes, yes. I think the, it's age appropriate, of course. Yeah, you know, if they're too yeah. young, kind of thing. I mean, you know them uh, the best, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're and I say not only because obviously you know them seeing something, you know, on YouTube or whatever kind of thing on their phone or hearing it at school or, you know, somebody telling them something at school, but even stuff that's just in their minds. Mm-hmm. And they're questioning their own, you know, okay, body's changing, you know, what about this or that? I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that maybe they're not sharing with anybody. Yeah. And you're the one that's, you know, needs to be speaking truth into their life. You know, yeah. One of the thoughts I had preparing for this episode is like sometimes as Christians we – we act like parts of our body don't exist, mm-hmm. and like we we don't ever talk about it. And it's like no, like especially if you're a teenage boy, things exist, and we need to talk about it. We like yeah, you know. It, I, I wish sometimes that uh, some of the older guys would have given me some more insight on some things, and yep. especially like how to combat them. But then you can't even blame them because then you're like, man, I'm I'm not sure if anyone told them either. Like yeah. for a lot of us, it's you figure it out as you go. Mm-hmm. And I hate that because you then, 
our culture is not afraid to talk about this topic. And even like, you know, I, I, I listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson. Uh, he, he's on Joe Rogan talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's trying to, he, he sees the issue that like hookup culture has in our society and how we view sex and how like the damaging mm-hmm. that can be to people. And he's, he's speaking to it. And so it's like, well, man, yeah. as a church, we, we have something really beautiful to offer. There's no reason why we shouldn't be talking about yes. this. Yeah. Know? And this is nothing new. I mean, I know we're going to get into this, but just as you were you know, saying that Corinth, all right. So first Corinthians, second Corinthians, Paul's writing to a group of believers, new believers, new churches in Corinth. And it's not just Corinth, Ephesus, Philippi. I mean, mm-hmm. all, you know, Rome. Yeah. doesn't matter which one. Um, it had not just this plethora of spirituality and um, all kind of background and stuff like that, but sexuality, I mean, was rampant. I mean, we, we got to act like this is like, okay, well, we live in this age where everything's new. Yeah. You know, they, they don't... The, the Bible's antiquated, like it's, you know, it didn't know what was go- what's up, you know, kind of thing. Are you serious? Like, so in Corinth, um, Paul writes to them, and they've got some questions for him. I mean, so if you go to like 1 Corinthians 6 and 7 and throughout, you'll see Paul's responding to some of their questions. Yeah. And so the church is asking the question, and it's about, okay, it's about sex. It's about the flesh. It's about marriage. It's about singleness. It's about all these, you know, issues kind of thing. So they're asking then. I think we should be asking and, you know, listening now. Yeah. But there was two things, main things that were going on. Okay, so you have uh, temple prostitution. Paul addresses it. All right. Uh, second thing was is you've got a son that's sleeping with his stepmom, and the church is aware of it. Yeah. And, and they're asking the question, and basically that one or two things. Either one, they knew about it but didn't know if it was right or wrong. Now, I don't think that was <laughs> yeah. the case. Yeah. The second option is this. They knew about it. They knew it was wrong, and they didn't say anything. They didn't do anything. Now, to me, like, yeah. okay, does that not resound with today I mean, as the yeah. church? Do we either know it's right or wrong and don't say anything, or we know it's wrong, and yet we sit by and idly say nothing? Yeah. I think it's, yeah, the yeah. latter. So. Yeah. It's tough. I know. I know. Yeah. But they're That's asking good. those questions because, again, the culture that they're coming out of, man, I mean, the sexuality just in Corinth. I mean, if you just take Corinth, mm-hmm. I don't know if you were going to bring this up or not. Um, but just that, I mean, temple prostitution, not as much in Paul's day. I mean, at the height of it. Um, but they would have a thousand temple prostitutes. Every afternoon, the male and female prostitutes would come down coming to the, the city in Corinth yeah. looking for customers. And you just think supply and demand, well, there was a reason there were so many of them. They yeah. did not run out. And you know what I mean? The guys, husbands, constantly, men in general, um, were obviously um, customers, clients, or whatever you want to call of temple prostitution. So Paul has to address that. I mean, it was an issue. But not only that, man, men, a lot of the husbands, they had mistresses, uh, visit prostitutes, um, uh, they would have concubines. I mean, there was all kind of like otherness. Why? Because they treated their wives as a means to an end. Yes. That they could kind of yeah. toss away or put to the side. And then you think, okay, so that's how the men saw themselves. So when Paul breaks out in 1 Corinthians 7, and he talks about the body, and he says, all right, dudes, if I can Robbie Rowe paraphrase, <laughs> your body is not yours. It belongs to her. Mm-hmm. And her body 
belongs to you. For them, they like that last one. Oh, yeah, yeah, her body belongs to me. I can do whatever I want. When I don't want, I can chuck to the side and then find somewhere else. But he's like, no, hold up a second. The first is true, too. Your body is one and one. She belongs to you. You belong to her and no other. And, and that was radical for yeah. them. It was like, no, she is your wife. You know, she's the only one. Mm-hmm. That should you know fulfill the desires and, and and he unpacks that beautifully there, but it was totally countercultural what Paul was speaking into speaking truth into them. But it's all they knew. They, that's the world they came out of, and they just brought it into the church. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't know what to do with it. So is it right or wrong? Uh, you know, should I should I say anything or not? And Paul's like, yes, you address it because you yeah. know what the truth is. Yeah. So I'm reading this book, and this is kind of what jogged this topic back up for me was uh dominion by tom holland mm-hmm. okay uh comer and chandler and all them yep. they've all been recommending it and it's interesting because you're like seeing the christianity take shape over like hundreds and thousands of years mm-hmm. and it's like this ragtag like group of people uh trying to follow the way and that's what they call christianity back then mm-hmm. and so it's like so interesting because these group of people are genuinely setting themselves apart from the culture they're in. Yes. But also keeping an open invitation to anybody come join. Mm-hmm. And when it came to sex, he was uh, Tom Holland. He's not, as far as I know, he's not a Christian. He was talking about uh, how challenging First Corinthians was mm-hmm. because you have Paul telling this new group of believers. Uh, of this religion that's kind of just now taking shape, and he's like, "Hey, you're, I, you're going to be different. Mm-hmm. You're, we're calling you to something better, something greater." Yeah. And it was so countercultural and Christian. It's not like the Christians were these privileged group of people. Like they're already being oppressed. They're, I mean, their savior just got yeah. brutally murdered. Um, and a lot of the leaders are being attacked, and they're still like devoted to no but we're going to do things the way jesus would Mm -hmm. and that means we're still like every aspect of our lives we're going to let jesus take over yeah including our sex lives and how we think of the body and all all that stuff and it was interesting because it's like it made me think about our culture today and how like as christians will sometimes we can feel the need to conform to the culture standards mm-hmm. and to adapt and be like, well, we get rid of some of this old, this old Jesus stuff. Yeah, and old way of thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's we're beyond that with now. The culture. We're, yeah. we're much more sophisticated. And yeah, yeah, we yeah we know better. It, it'd be easier for us. We'd make more of it. More people would become Christians. Sure. And it's like, dude, that when you go back and look at church history, that wasn't their mindset at all. Of mm-hmm. like. And which is interesting too, because I think sometimes the the misconception is that if you make something acceptable to everybody, you make it really easy, mm-hmm. then everybody's going to do it. Sure, but that's never the case. No. Of it's actually if you bring a challenge to people, mm-hmm. people the the like deepest parts of them is going to see that, and they're going to be like, I ultimately some, that's something I'm craving. Is mm-hmm. I'm craving to be called More. to something greater yeah. than myself. And so they give their lives for it. Yeah. And that's what you're seeing like going on with these Christians is like 
they're you're stepping into their culture and they're saying, hey, even in your sex lives, we're calling you to something greater. Mm-hmm. Come, fu- come, come, join us. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea of like your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit is crazy because like uh, here I got yeah. this quote. Uh, it said, uh, "Sex was nothing if not an exercise of power, as captured cities were to the swords of the legions, so the mm-hmm. bodies of those you sexually were to the Roman man." Yeah. To be penetrated, male or female, was to be branded as inferior, mm-hmm. to be marked as a womanist, a barbarian, servile, while the body of a freeborn Roman was sacrosanct. Those of others were fair game. It is accepted that every master is entitled to use his slave as he desires. Mm-hmm. And then this last line is, In Rome, men no more hesitated to use slaves and prostitutes to relieve themselves of their sexual needs than they did to use the side of the road as a toilet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember reading that the yeah. first time and being like, dude, that's... They had such a low view of the body, especially mm-hmm. others' bodies. And so, like, you're reading that, and you're like, man, it is a very... How they viewed sex was very self-centered. It was yes. fill my needs, yeah. even if it means I'm I'm, ta- right. I'm you, yeah, using whatever. you yes. to fill my needs. Yes. And then I think about hookup culture, and I'm like, well, that's kind of... It's, it's what's going on. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go sleep with 10 different women, yeah, yeah. not care how mm-hmm. they feel, not... Not check up on them. Yeah. Just use and toss them out and go to the next one. Yeah. All so that I can get that release. Yeah. 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 You know? And you know, the thing is, too, Paul does this. Jesus does this when talking about marriage. Paul does this in, in 1 Corinthians. They always go back to the beginning. Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah. You know, always going back there before the fall. And the beautiful design because we didn't invent sex, God did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I think it was Tim Keller uh, who said, uh, you know, if you're prudish, um, the Bible will offend you really quick. And, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, you're going to get uncomfortable really quick. Ring the Song of Solomon, read Genesis 1 and 2, naked and unashamed. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's stuff that's going to make you, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, there's places just going to make you really uncomfortable. And guess what? God, it's, this is God's design. I, let me say this too, Austin, because we will run to the the one side that, you know, for Corinth, it was sex craved. Yeah. Like you said, man, it was just sex, sex, sex. But what's crazy is the same, okay, so within the church, in that same letter in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul not only has to address, you know, in, in chapter 6, prostitution. Yeah. Um, and, and before that, sleeping with your stepmom. But then he also has to address those who are married who are withholding sex. Yeah. So the pendulum swung the complete opposite way. Yeah. So one was like, do whatever you want. Doesn't matter. It's your body. Who cares kind of thing. Whatever. But just like with John having to write uh, John and first and second, third John uh, on to Gnostics about the flesh being evil, this sort of thing, they would take the view, okay, well, if we've got to go anti-sex crave, it means we withhold sex within the marriage covenant. And Paul's like, what are you doing? Yeah. No. And and so like when I talk to believers and you know married couples, we always run to like Genesis 1, 27 or, or, or you know, Genesis 1 and 2, and we, we go to procreation. Like, that's what it's for. And, you know, if I'm an unbeliever, okay, to procreate, to multiply. I mean, you know, that serves a purpose, I reckon. But God gave it also for pleasure, man. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just to procre- procreate, because if that was the case, every time you did, you would procreate. Like, God yeah. gave you this beautiful, powerful gift. Mm-hmm. 
that is to be used according to his sovereign decree, his design, his plan. But it for believers, you know, I think I said this, you know, before, like having somebody say, you know, that, that for Christians that sex is born, I ask the question, I, I just propose it, man, maybe you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And, uh, to the person who says that or thinks that, because it is this beautiful, powerful thing that God has designed, and God is more for your pleasure, your joy, all the things that you, you long for than you are or ever yeah. could be. He's the one who created it. So even those desires, man, they're, they're God-given. Yeah. The problem is we get them, you know, they're twisted and, and perverted and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, yeah, I just I want to point that out because yeah. it's so easy to, okay, we can bash against sex crave and that sort of thing. But Paul yeah. had to deal with, you know, the church doing what we do. Yeah. Let's just be honest. A lot of churches do that, right? Like they don't want to talk about sex. They don't want to talk about, you know, anything dealing with sex. It's just kind of almost anti-sex. Yeah. And Paul would say, no, don't. And, and actuality, and I know Mark Driscoll, I mean, I know there's a ton of like, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't want to be that. Um, but in that letter, you read 1 Corinthians 7. Paul's like, okay, so you guys are not, you're in the marriage covenant. Um, you're in this beautiful relationship. If you're withholding from one another, if you're doing that, not by command, he says, but if you're doing it, it better be with a purpose. Yeah. And that purpose is worship, prayer, yeah. fat, kind of like fasting. Yeah. Like, and, and again, man, there's so much like when people say about the Bible, oh, it's old. Like, is that not true today? Like, do people not use sex as a means to an end, withhold sex to gain a purpose or, you know, to be vengeful or what? Yeah, of course they do. They use it as a tool. Paul, yeah. Paul's addressing it in First Corinthians 7. Same and, thing. Yeah, that's interesting because then it, it kind of, like, brings to mind the uh, it says, don't deprive one another mm-hmm. except perhaps by agreement for a limited time yes. that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Yeah, yeah. But then come together against that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self control. The thing it did remind me of was fasting. Of you, you give up eating for a limited time. Mm-hmm. Don't the goal is never to do that forever. Sure, you give it up for a limited time, and what it's doing is it's helping you uh, reprioritize your life again. Mm-hmm. Of your, and it's you're you're building up that self control, that patience, yeah. and it pu- it's supposed to push you closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But when you're depriving your spouse of it out of anger or bitterness, mm-hmm. you're you're not having the heart of Christ. And yeah. I think that was the other thing that was interesting to me about how, like, when Paul talks about sex, because of being so self-centered in that culture, he, he's saying – the thing that came to mind was, like, Ephesians, uh, when Paul says to love your wives as mm-hmm. Christ loved the church. And he goes into, like, detail of, like, she yeah. – you're going to love her so well that she's going to look like a well-watered vine or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And how so much of Christianity, the, the way it was, what was so radical about it was it was built on this idea of love, love God mm-hmm. and love people. And you're fine. Everything you're doing, you're trying to find a way to love God and love people. Yeah. Absolutely. Even in mm-hmm. the marriage uh, Absolutely. bed. Absolutely. In the marriage bed, for sure. Man, I freak people out when I tell them, like, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Sex would be one of those yeah. within the marriage covenant. Can I glorify God with intimacy with my wife? 
Well, if eating and drinking, you can either do it for the glory of God or to dishonor the Lord. I think that applies as well. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Like, in all of those, man, I don't care if it's 1 Corinthians 13, Ephesians 5, you mentioned, 1 Corinthians 7. Like, within that confine of this marriage covenant, okay, so we are, uh, Ephesians 2, we're to think of others more than ourselves. So it's, mm-hmm. it's to be selfless. We are to sacrifice for our yeah. spouse. We are to serve. All, well, now let's take those into the into the bedroom. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and see, that's the kind of stuff we don't think. Because again, it's so anti-cultural now, but it's also then. Mm-hmm. So when Paul's writing this, he's like, "See, your mind is uh, release pleasure, me, 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 in every aspect, including the, in the yeah. bedroom kind of thing." And Paul's like, "No, actually, you're to think of others." You're, mm-hmm. you're to think of your spouse before yourself. And again, yeah. I think it's Timothy Keller, I should have wrote down, <laughs> who said um, that within the marriage, the greatest pleasure between a husband and a wife should be the, the other, the spouse's pleasure. Mm-hmm. So my greatest pleasure should be her pleasure. Yeah. Carrie, my wife's, you know. And, and so when you think of that mentality, it goes, you know, both. And again, it's not, okay, well, I'm going to do this so that I get that kind of thing. But, of like, I'm happy when she's happy. Yeah. And making her happy. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's communicating. Yeah. You know, there, there's actually talking. And again, that, that may be foreign <laughs> to some people, that you yeah. can actually be naked, but there be shame. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it, I, let's just be real. Like, within the marriage bed, the husband and the wife not communicating. Yeah. What I mean by that is, okay, what is pleasing? Yeah, you know what? What is not? And let's just be open, naked, and unashamed. Let's yeah. be honest with one another. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Matt Chandler, and I, th- I think when he was doing the Mingling of Souls mm-hmm. series, someone, of course, brings up the question of well, what if they're not good at it, and he's like, "Teach them, practice." Like, it, and he was talking about something else. Like, he was talking about. Uh, singles uh in the dating scene yeah. kissing yeah like well i need to yeah, yeah. and having sex i think too of like yeah. i need to go experiment with a bunch of different people so i'm i'm prepared oh, yeah, and yeah, ready yeah, yeah, yeah. for, for that sure. yeah. one that's that is a mentality and he was like no yeah the best practice you're gonna ever have with yeah. somebody is going to be that that one yes. person you settle down with because yes. you both can work together as a, a unit yes. and get better over time yes and to the intimacy of it and what I mean by that is not just, okay, figuring things out and getting better or whatever, but man, it is the mingling of the souls, I think was a brilliant title because, yeah. again, when Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 talks about the guys who are going to sleep with the prostitutes, he said, don't you know that you're one with them? Yeah. Like you're one with the Lord and you're going out and hooking up with a prostitute, which means you're, and we know this even today. I mean, people mm-hmm. today, they will say this, like, Okay, you want to go around sleeping around, we know it's more than just sex. Yes. We know that. Emotionally, mentally, I'm the whole nine. Well, that's what Paul's saying. Like, when you are intimate with, with someone else, you are mingling souls. Because yeah. that's how God designed the anatomy, our bodies, this covenant relationship, this to be this form of just beautiful intimacy. And he was like, you're wasting that and you're attaching that. And just just be real. Can we? We're just gonna be real honest, yeah, okay? <laughs> yeah. If you slept around before you got married, you gonna you you would you would be a liar if you said there was not 
a different connection yeah. with that person, I don't care if it was a hookup or you dated them for 10 years, than it was with another classmate. You just, you know it is. You know what I mean? And it's the same. So when Paul writes that, he's like, it's not just sex. And our, our culture wants to say it is. It's just sex. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was Andy Stanley, heard years ago uh, in reference to that, it's, it was just physical kind of thing. And, and he talked about, you know, whether it was rape and, and how usually, if it's especially women, but I have counseled men who have been raped, they don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's just physical, why is it so hard to get over? And again, I understand that, okay, it's, it's force. You know, I get that. Yeah. But he Touch even t- is a very sacred thing. Yeah, for absolutely. And that's the point. Yeah. Same thing for children that are abused by someone, you know, a relative. Uh, man, people, you know, people that you are positions of authority or relatives or whatever, they hurt you in other ways. Why is that so different? You know? And again, I know that's abuse kind of thing in a different way, but there is something about sex, again, that mm-hmm. just takes it next level. But when yeah. it comes to the hookups and all, it's just physical. It's just sex. There's nothing to it. She didn't mean anything. <laughs> I mean, our culture doesn't even believe that. Like, yeah, the thing no. that made me uh, that came to mind was the those two movies, uh, No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits. Yeah, okay. I ain't seen them, yeah. so don't hold me. To I'm it. with the titles, though. Yeah, <laughs> okay. But saying. from my understanding, the plot of those movies is them uh, two people thinking that it's just sex, and then mm-hmm. at the end of the day, being like, no, we. Something has happened between us. Yeah. We have caught feelings. Mm-hmm. We've uh, seen the most intimate sides of each other, mm-hmm. and we can't go back. Mm-hmm. Like something has mm-hmm. lasting effects now. Yep. And yeah, that, I think that's part of this conversation too. Of sex is, I, I, I'm, I like that Christianity has this uh, high view of sex. Of it's not just. Uh, you're not just two animals mm-hmm. having like rolling around in the mud. Mm-hmm. You're you're two people with souls, and you're like the high view of the body, yes. and something really intimate and deep, and like it's gonna last forever is like happening in that moment, and that means you should treat it with care and gentleness, and especially not only because it's gonna do damage to you if you don't mm-hmm. if you don't have a high view of sex in the body, mm-hmm. but then going back to like loving others yeah you should love the other person yes. enough to know that yes. how i'm treating them yeah. through the whole hookup culture and whatnot it does affect that yes. other person yes like I mean, it, it's crazy There's, how many times yeah we've we've met with people who say they they had sex before marriage and they they kind of went through that scene of all the stuff that they're having to work through of like mm-hmm. Well, he, he the person just tossed me to the side afterwards, and like yeah. now I've got like abandonment issues mm-hmm. or True. low self esteem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, yeah, now yeah. you, you got to work through that. Yeah, the and, implications, like you said, for both parties. Yeah. You know, because again, if we say if we talk about you know the Corinthian culture, Rome, or we talk about rape or something, people will easily disconnect because they're like, well, this is consensual. This is just two people hooking up. There's nothing to it, kind of thing. But again, there's lasting implications on both sides. Um, I remember, uh, I mean, just think about this story. So there was a guy who that was his whole thing, was going out in college and just hooking up. It was just kind of dominate and see how many girls he could hook up, almost like a game, you know. Uh, he gets saved, 
uh, starts attending a local gathering kind of thing. He kind of commits to not that lifestyle kind of deal. Um, but then some of the men in the, in the group started noticing that he was just dominating conversations, that he was ruling over people, that he was like winning at stuff. And, and the point of that story is there's some underlying yeah. stuff, whether it's I'm going and seeing how many people I can hook up with or I'm in a Bible study and I'm not loving and serving and listening. and you know, That's good, yeah. He never dealt with the underlying issue. It doesn't just go away mm. because you stop doing something. But I promise you this, if you keep feeding it in and, and thinking the same, I mean, we talked about this in the, the porn um, episode, whatever you feed grows, and if you're feeding, whether it's you know pornography, that animal will grow and, and turn on you really quick. But if it's the hookup culture, those issues that are there, that's that's causing you know, not only you to do that, but just underlying stuff, they're not going away. Mm. I mean, the more you hook up with people, the self-esteem, the the the, the longing for true connection, that's just it's getting worse and worse. Because you're not finding something that your soul's longing for. Yeah. It, I'm going to make another reference. No, uh, New Girl. Yeah. Okay, don't know that one. Amazing yeah. show. Okay. But there's a character. Oh, it is a good show. It's an amazing okay, show. Okay, okay. I, I watch it all the time. New Girl. Uh, okay. It sounds like a girly show. But it's it does. Not. I'm, there's I'm not judging. Yeah. I'm just whatever, dude. Okay. Most of the cast <laughs> is guys. Okay. But uh, there's one guy in the show called Schmidt. Okay. and uh, No, funny name. But... uh. He, he's the guy who does the hookup culture. Like okay. he, he's hooking up with all these beautiful women. Yeah, yeah. And all, and there comes a point where he's, uh, he's like hooking up with his boss, and they, they've literally made like a, a contract so that they don't get in trouble and they can <laughs> okay. use each other however they want. Okay. And they get to a point to where they're just they're not satisfied. Yeah. And they're laying in bed, and he's like, I don't know, like we're good at this. Mm-hmm. Like we're the best. Yeah. Why is some, why is this not working? Why why do we feel empty? Huh. And she's like, well, it's because this isn't just an act. Like yeah. we, this is supposed to be for something more. Hmm. And he's like, freck, I have to be in love. And like he he like kind of breaks. And he's like, I, I didn't know I had to be in love to have good sex. But like he had went through this phase of just treating people like objects for so long that it caught yeah. up with him wow. to the point to where like sex became meaningless to him it didn't fulfill him yeah he needed something more again it goes back to that christians have that higher calling of it is something more yeah yeah yeah. and it's not going to fulfill every like desire you have but it's a it's the better alternative that then from what the world has to offer of it's going to doing it the way jesus has for you is going to be the most fulfilling way yeah. to do it. Well, the designer, yeah, the designer of anything knows what he or she designed, yeah. whatever it is, how it's the best usage of it, right? Like, so if God gave us, like, that's his design, like, he kind of, <laughs> the last say, the best say in it. It reminds me of uh, Mr. Frank. He always says, uh, the devil doesn't have a better sex plan than God. Yeah, no. It's like, but we have, like, yeah. and let me say, let this, throw this out there, too. All right, so 1 Corinthians 7, I know I've said it 20 times. Here's 21 for you. Paul also addresses singleness. Yeah. All right, so he's talking about prostitutes and and sex outside of marriage, and he's talking about sex within the marriage covenant. And then he's like, but yo, I wish everybody was like me, single. So he's already talking about, okay, there's boundaries uh, within you know healthy sex life. 
was is, is only within the marriage covenant. So that would infer that no sex outside of it, being single. And Paul's like, yo, I really wish everybody was like me and single. So being fulfilled, and we talked about this before, mm -hmm. Jesus being the most complete, fulfilled, perfect being, person, human, man, yet never had sex. Yeah. Never, let's just say, master, never did anything like that, sexual, and yet was the most complete, fulfilled person there is and so when paul talks about singleness uh yeah that's sex does not fulfill it's not the ultimate and people freak out too even married christian people freak out when jesus is addressed about marriage in heaven and he's like yo in heaven there is no marriage and no one's given a marriage and see our minds we may think most like i, I even think i mean i don't know you know what will that look like specifically for me and my wife i don't really know but if he is saying that no one is given in marriage, which is what he says, that means if you know you're not married in heaven, there's no sex. And, and see, people freak out about that. They're like, "There's no sex in heaven." Uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. there is. Yeah. But the thing is, it won't matter if there is for married people and there's not for single people. Will you be longing for anything in glory? Of course not. You will be complete. Like you. Yeah. And so again, that just puts this whole if you're single and or whatever, and not having sex, then I'm missing out. It's a good, powerful gift, but Paul says marriage is a gift and singleness is a gift. He puts them side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want us to move to yeah. some of the application. Okay. This will be where we kind of get to that whole masturbation conversation. Yep, yep. Should be fun. But uh, it's, it's going to be hard, obviously, to... I mean, it was. I'm sure it was for sure. Yeah, it was hard for Christians, the, the followers of the way, mm -hmm. in the time the Bible was written, to set themselves apart from the society and how the society was doing things, how they used to do things. Sure. And it, to take on this whole new way of life mm -hmm. and let it really like let Jesus take over everything. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of the dying to self that's going to have to take place. Sure. And so obviously. The things that we're saying, like it's going to be a process and it's going to be a journey if you decide to take that journey. Yep. But uh, I wanted to talk about kind of like how we could uh, encourage people to, how do we get out of that mindset and how do we fight sexual temptation? Mm -hmm. How do we, uh, how do we have a better view of this? Yeah. Like practically. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I, well, for one, I will say as a parent, to children, um, again, speak truth. Let them know who they are as image bearers and their value and their meaning and their beauty. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. And, and this isn't just if you have daughters. Tell her how beautiful is she is. So you know, she don't have to worry about a man. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like they are fearfully and wonderfully made. They're beautiful. Like yep. they need to know their worth and their value yep. outside of what anyone else says or you know this whole. You know, I've got to find it in someone else. You know, that whole complete me kind of stuff. You know, find the right person happily ever after. Like, no. Like, yeah. I just read just, uh, Single and Secure by Rich Wilkerson Jr. Yeah. One of the best books I've ever read. Yeah. But he talked about how, how hard it was for him to impress his wife mm -hmm. because her parents raised her up in such a godly way that he would be like, yo, you're beautiful. She's like, I know. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but like, you're stunning. She's like, I know. He's like, well, Frank, yeah. how do you know? Because none of my, like, I can't smooth 
talk to you or anything uh-huh. like that. That's awesome. She's like, well, my my dad told me. Yeah. And so Rich had to come up with a better plan of how he's going to impress her because the bar was already set so yeah. high of like yeah. she knew her identity, she knew where yeah. her value came from. And so when Rich came in, it was, I can't come in and save you, which is like I think what a lot of us struggle with with dating is like we, we want to come and save somebody. Sure. Instead, it was, I'm here to compliment you. Yeah. 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 Well, I would let me say this too. Like, let, let me just speak to married couples. Like, so when I say that about communication, all and you haven't, like, I, it doesn't matter if you're the the husband, the wife, whatever kind of thing. You're about to get married, kind of thing. Like, have that. Like again, open, beautiful, honest communication. You know, it, it, will it be a little awkward sometimes? Well, yeah, make it fun and you know. I mean, marriage should be fun and joyful and laugh at each other, laugh at yourself. I mean, you know, hey, have that. Even, yeah, when you're talking about intimacy and stuff like that. Um, be very, I would say this, too. I was just thinking um, when you were talking, man, there are uh, a lot of people who may be listening. You are married now, but outside of marriage, you've been hurt, right? So maybe there has been a rape. There has been sexual abuse. Uh, there's been multiple hookups and people leaving you. So there needs to be a lot of sensitivity and compassion and patience. Like, because if you're the spouse of someone who has gone through something like that, like you need to have open communication, but you need to have some really good listening ears and be very sensitive. You know what I mean? Like if they've been through something like the whole expectation, speeding up the healing process, like not, you know, be there, be slow. You know what I mean? Like have those talks kind of thing. Um, yeah, and, and two, let's just be real, too. If you're living together, you, you, your boyfriend, girlfriend, you're hooking up right now, and this whole thing, you probably already clicked off of it anyway. Yeah. So I, I'm going to speak to nobody listening, I guess, that's going through it. But seriously, if that's you, man, you, I mean, you need to have some open conversations, too. You need to be real. You need to first, I mean, it's a, Lord, search my heart, you know, because nobody's innocent in this thing, you know, 99.9% of the times. Um so I'd search my heart, but if you're hooking up and you're not married, you need to have some, we need to have a sit down conversation. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, it's the whole, you know, if you love me or I'm a good night, dude, I've used all of it. <laughs> my wife and I, we lived together before we got married. We were both unbelievers. And so I, I know both sides of it very, very well. You know, I, I, you talking earlier about test driving. Well, how do you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that whole stupid mentality. Well, I got to know what I'm getting. I need to test drive. That's just stupid. And devalues people. That's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's like the dumbest thing ever. Stop saying that. That's just dumb. Um, but the whole, like if you're doing it now, if they really love you and you really love them, and this is, okay, I'm entering this covenant with them or planning on it. Man, you need, okay, you can't stop. You can't go back and change yesterday or 10 seconds ago, but what you do moving forward, yes. that's what you can. You know, so I'm going I'm to, we're going to set some things up. Uh, it, it, can yeah. we move in this direction together or is this a deal breaker? And if it's a deal breaker, let's just be honest. If it's a deal breaker, yeah, maybe it needs to be broken. It reminds me of uh, that passage. I don't have it pulled up. I don't know where I pulled it up, but, uh, of like Christianity redefines a lot of things mm-hmm. or it gives a, a better definition. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. But uh of love. Love is patient, love is kind. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, there's a lot of self control language yeah. in there and 
to the couple who's like they're living together before they're married and sleeping together of true love would be you learning to to guard your own desires for the betterment mm-hmm. of the other yes of i'm going to hold back not because i don't love them but because i do yeah of i want to protect them yeah until we make that commitment yeah and uh that that's just it's statistically better on the long run of like yes. those couples couples that do wait uh to get married and live uh, to get married before they live yeah yeah am i screwing up how i say no. that okay no no yeah yeah they get married yeah they don't live together before <laughs> they get married yeah yeah statistically they do i mean just they look it up yeah they do better they last longer of when you approach relationships like uh with no rules and no restraints and stuff it's, it's literally yeah. just like going to the gym yeah. or something yeah. and having no plan yeah it too, because yeah, I, yeah. I I tell man, you, we all bring baggage into a relationship, mm-hmm. like all types of baggage, and, and perceptions, and all kind of stuff. And if you are consistently hooking up with other people, you're bringing that baggage in too. Yeah. You don't think you are, but you are, and it will it will manifest itself. All right. Um, I'd also say this: we, we kind of danced around, or we just hadn't got to it. We hadn't danced around it, but masturbation. Um, I read another statistic today, and I mean, I don't know where they get this information. They polled 100 people or what they do, so I, I'm just going to go with it. But um, it was just saying about 95% of teenagers have. And uh, Ray Dobson, uh, you know, focus on the family, uh, I think is even where I saw that statistic, but his response to some of it was just, it, it, was, um, it was pretty powerful. But having those types of conversation with your children you know, like, man, they're going through Because, again, they're probably, I don't care if you're besties, you're BFFs kind of thing with your kid. Um, you know, maybe you're having the sex talk. Uh, maybe you're not. That conversation, I would almost bet 99.9% of parents are not having with their kids mm-hmm. at all. And, again, that's a confusing, like, okay, if, if, they're, if they're doing it, uh, thinking about it, I would, I'd guess there's a lot of shame and guilt and confusion and just stuff that's coming along with it. And they, who yeah. are they talking to? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get into too much detail, but I know I, because I, I grew up in a household, we did not talk about sex or any of that stuff. Yeah. It, and a lot of the true love weights, like my sister had grew up with that mm-hmm. and all in a, but like there was no like real conversation growing up for me about masturbation mm-hmm. and all. Mm-hmm. And so for the longest time it was like I hope this isn't too graphic if it would cut it out. Like you you just hold it in until you bust. Mm-hmm. And uh I think what would have been I, I wish somebody would have told me is kind of what we've talked about a thousand times of like you you are what you eat of mm-hmm. What you're filling your mind with is mm-hmm. going to come out somehow. And so really you need to talk to your kids about what they're filling their minds with. That yeah. That's pushing a lot of these desires and these urges and how to better control, like have yeah. self-control. Yeah, yeah. Of like that's – it's so simple and it's crazy. It's so simple. It's crazy. We don't talk about it enough of like mm-hmm. just teaching your kids how to practice self-control and mm-hmm. to watch what they're mm-hmm. putting into their minds with – 
the TV and mm-hmm. yeah. YouTube, all that stuff. Yeah, and, and I would say this too now, Austin, because let's let's not just put it on the kiddos. All right, <laughs> I mean adults. Yeah. I don't care if you're eighty, kind of yeah. thing. All right, this is an issue. Men and women. All right, the, the, yeah. it, it, we typically like okay, it's teenage guys. It's this is for everybody, kind yeah. of thing. All right, so and I've heard it all. You know, what if I'm thinking about my wife or whatever? Kind of, like I've heard all the. I've heard it all. I think. Um, and here's the deal, okay? So, again, some of it, there needs to be conversation because, again, of the underlying. Mm-hmm. Like, because I know for some of the guys that I've counseled, you know, you get to, you get to kind of, okay, like, when is, like, okay, you're away from home, your own business, whatever it is, like, set it up for me. Like, I, I don't want to know, like, don't you ain't got what you're watching or whatever. I'm just saying, like, like, when are you most feeling like this is – and you, what you'll start to find out is that – it varies, obviously, uh, but sometimes it's man, it's release. It's like man, I'm under all the stress, and I just feel like okay. So when you start doing some of that, now I start hearing some idols popping up. Yeah, you know what I mean. And now I can address some of that because you know good and well it's release. Okay, and that lasts for how long? That's like it drugs or anything else. I mean, you know, we can say an escape or a, a release or whatever. It's very temporary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about that. You know. Yeah. And so again, some of that underlying, but even for the for the kids, I think there's some of that uh, that just conversations that need to be had. And but you're not going to find out what's beneath it if you're not having if you're not talking about it yeah. at all. Yeah. So one of the quotes I had written down was from the Desert Fathers. Okay. Uh, says when Cyrus of Alexandria was asked about the temptation of lust, he said, "If you are not tempted, you have no hope. If you're, which that needs more disclaimer, but." If you are not tempted, it is because you are sinning. The man who does not fight sin at the stage of temptation is usually sinning already in his body. The man who is sinning in his flesh has no trouble from temptation. Yeah. Uh, he's just getting at, uh, he, he would have these people come up to him, these younger Christians, and be like, yeah, but I'm not struggling with that temptation. And I heard someone say that the other day. Mm-hmm. And it, it was bonkers to me. Of They went through a list of sins. They're like, I don't struggle with addiction, mm-hmm. lust, mm-hmm. uh greed but hmm. i struggle with self-esteem and i was like buddy i struggle with all that stuff it's it's nuts to me the idea that i struggle with only one sin but i don't struggle with any more yeah of like i would hope that sin's pride that you probably say because, <laughs> yeah i mean if that just to be honest i mean you I'm know like, like well then i'm a freaking i'm, I'm definitely I'm the chief you. of sinners then I'm because i'm you. yeah i'm going through the whole list even yeah. i was thinking today i was like Yo, even gluttony of like i'm not the most gluttonous guy mm-hmm. but there are seasons where i'm just Eating way too Binge, many, yeah. yeah, too much snack food or whatever. Yeah. Uh, sin taints all of us, and uh, yeah. but th- what I think that quote was kind of getting at is you need to be honest with yourself. Stop mm-hmm. hiding from the truth. Of there is a I find with guys that I've talked to is there's a lot of shame of admitting that you struggle with lust, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because yeah, we it it's crazy because I'm like we should be honest. Like we are yeah. physical creatures we we are visual creatures or whatever of we we definitely struggle with lust i haven't met a guy who hasn't mm-hmm. but sometimes we don't like to talk about it but when you actually talk about it that's the whole, the whole point of confession is you're getting it off your chest out in the open mm-hmm. so you can actually address the problem yep until you do that you're just it's going to it's going to stay in the closet and it's going to build up and yep. essentially it's going to break out of the closet eventually yeah. Yeah. um but then, yeah, uh, another quote from the Desert Fathers. Of, it kind of 
came right after that of where's the hope then? Mm-hmm. Uh, a hermit said about the temptation to lust, do you want to be saved? Go and discipline yourself. Seeking ye shall find, knocking it shall be opened to you. In the world there are boxers who are hit hard, and yet stand firm and receive crowns. Sometimes one is set upon by two at once, and their blows give him strength so that he overcomes them. Have you not seen what strength brings? So stand and be strong with the Lord, and, and the Lord will defeat the, your enemy for you. Hmm. And it was just, it was really comforting to me of this idea of, it's be honest about the temptation that you're struggling with. Don't hide it. But then don't don't like coward from it either. Mm-mm. Of like yeah. you have yeah. the King of Kings. And I love like kind of remembering the picture of Revelation of Jesus like coming out of the clouds with like mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> but uh you have someone who hates the thing that you're struggling with more than you do. Yeah. Fighting on your behalf and all he's saying is bring it to me. Mhm. And he's gonna help us out. Like he, he, you, you said it a thousand times in your sermons of like, we we pray for patience as if God didn't give us the spirit of patience. Yeah, it's inside of us. Actually, we just yeah, yeah. What the fruit, yeah. the spirit. Yeah, and that's I think that's the the big thing is like, you're struggling with sexual temptation. Bring it to bring yeah. it to Jesus. Yeah. Be honest yeah, about start it. Start there. And, and and here's the thing too. Like again. It, I know I went, I steered it away from the kiddos, but let's bring it back to the kiddos. Like, let's bring it back to teenagers um, and masturbation specifically. Like, again, most appropriately, obviously, this is going to be a parent conversation, is to have that conversation. Because a lot of it is, I mean, they're trying to figure their body out anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is like changes and hormones and just, okay, and I, who do I talk to? And, and now am I weird? Is something wrong with me? Am I really going to go blind? And all the stupid stuff that we, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just like they need to be able to talk. I know it's, it's a, it's a very uncomfortable. If I, you know, am a parent and my son or, or daughter was coming to me and how much more for them? I mean, you know, they, they already, they're confused. They're, they're ashamed. They, they definitely don't want to tell mom or dad about it. So where are they getting the information on why this is taking place? Yeah. You know, it's got to come from you. So have those conversations. And please don't do this. A little discount. Please don't do this. Don't use scripture out of context, for goodness sake. If you use Genesis 38, 8 through 10, in the name of Jesus, I will lay hands on you. Like, okay, I remember hearing that so many times. Onan, uh, his brother's wife, okay, his brother dies, and part of that marriage. Uh, the stipulations that God had put in place to guard, again, protecting the woman, was for the brother then to become her husband and for them to bear children. I mean, it was all to protect because, again, they were just, they would have been tossed out. You know what I mean? They would have been a widow, no children. I mean, it would have been the Naomi, you know, of, of Ruth kind of situation kind of thing. And so Onan then sleeps with the, his, was at the time a sister-in-law, but then wife. And then, um, spills his semen on the ground and i have heard that a thousand times used against masturbation i mean the context of that for goodness sake what is he doing now there's some great principles it's it's a weird passage right but it's there for a reason okay so he's taken now his wife his brother's wife at the time and he just used her for sex without any responsibility Uh, that sounds familiar you know what i mean like let's talk about that that's the whole point, and then God judges him for that. 
because he took on this role of responsibility in covenant relationship. He just then, I'm done, you're to the side, I'm not going to give you children. That's use and toss to the side is what he does. And God's like, ain't having it. And he judges him. That's the point of that story. It is not masturbation, for goodness <laughs> sake. So let's at least use some scripture that would yeah. kind of point in that direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, that's what I love about the scriptures. I mean, that, that passage, you, you, you read that one? Did you know no, that? I'd never even oh, yeah. thought about that. You need that. to look at it. <laughs> because there's some, there's some really tough scriptures. Like, yeah. that, like, why is that there? But then the principles that you draw from it, I mean, I see it all around the world today. Mm-hmm. On how we treat people, and like you said, we treat them as objects, means to an end. Which know? then it's like the Song of Solomon, like the most like impactful love story there is. Of like, you see this couple like really, uh, they're the best at romance. Like, yeah, it it. I I read it and uh, a while back, and uh, I think I was actually reading Mingling of Souls as as I went through it, mm-hmm. but. uh it was so amazing because it's like these two people really trying to love each other well and they're romantic with each other mm-hmm. they're flirting but they also are they have a self-confidence to themselves and like a, a self-respect for themselves but then also respect for each other and it's, it's just it's beautiful yeah um, and, and, and if I can just say this too like yeah. go read that like if you're a married couple read that Read the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, same thing. Read that because people will try and say it's just poetry, you know, kind of literal style kind of. No, 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 no. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's within a couple exploring. I mean, how it's very graphic, um, but it's beautiful because it is naked and unashamed. I mean, how he speaks of his wife, you know, and the exploration and the marriage bedroom and all of that. And it's this beautiful thing, like you said, of... Um, and I just, I tell, I tell my guys, especially don't ever stop dating your wife. Yeah. And part of that is the communi- communication, open communication, but man, you be romantic, be, you know, and again, it's not a means to an end. Like, okay, well this means sex later on. No, no, no. It's just like, man, I, I want my relationship with my wife to be, and it is now 22 years later. It is so much more, so much more. So much better. I mean, every facet of it kind of stuff. Um, but it, it means putting the Lord first and then putting her needs above yours. Yeah. It makes me... Uh, Sacrifice. Yeah. This week was my parents' 31st anniversary, and they their marriage is by no means perfect. But there's a lot of things I've, I've learned from it. One of the things kind of came to mind when you were talking was the ability to like redirect the legacy you have of... Mm. You and I hear this a lot, and it it genuinely ticks. This is one of those things that pisses me off, of when people say well, like divorce is gonna happen, yeah. like embrace yeah. it. Yeah. And after go- I was thinking about this today, of like my parents almost got a divorce last year, mm-hmm. and that really messed me up because I thought for the longest time the lesson was like well, you gotta just embrace it too. Yeah. Like it's probably bound to happen to you, and I was like, "Yo, yeah, like, screw that." Of, yeah. There's a, I, I'm, I want to live a life and have a marriage and a, a, a love for my future wife, in a way that looks like song, the Song of Solomon. Yeah. In a way that's romantic and that doesn't 
give up mm-hmm. that that keeps yeah. keeps the flirting going keeps the yeah. dating and like what was beautiful was thinking about my parents anniversary since they've you know went through that season of almost getting a divorce separating for a time coming back and having to do marriage counseling and getting involved in a new church and mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of things they did uh, one of the things that was really impressive to me was my dad my dad becoming more of a romantic mm-hmm. my dad was a very emotionless guy <laughs> that was one of the yeah. things we struggled me and him yeah. struggled to connect with of like i'm a very emotional guy i yeah. want to talk about my feelings all the time yeah. my dad was like cut that out bro yeah but seeing my dad uh, fall in love with my mom again, and my mom do the same, mm. and them go on dates, yeah. and they kiss each other like they're in high school, and yeah. like they're thirty-one years into this marriage thing, they went through the worst, yeah. but there's still there's still this ability to yeah. we can get better, yeah, yeah, and that's like it kind of puts like a, some light at the end of the tunnel of no matter where you come from. Even if you're going through a, a dark season in the future or right now, there's still hope oh, yeah. of like things yeah, can yeah. always turn around. Yeah, and be better. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like that's, that, I think yeah. that's, that's so beautiful too about your parents, man. Because there was that point of they could have tossed the towel in, but they fought for their marriage, and and now it's even better. Yeah. It didn't just like go back to what it was. It's even better than it was. And if they would have thrown the towel in, yeah. you know, like. Golly, man, they would have missed that. They would have. So it's hard. It's marriage hard. You bet it is. And there's tons of sacrifice. There's tons of times I want to be selfish, and then I'm sure Carrie wants to be selfish. And but the serving one another, sacrificing for one another, it's beautiful. It's, you grow individually. You grow together. Uh, you grow closer to God. Uh, I'd say the last thing too, man. Just because I'm going to wrap up, but like we talked about, like God defining and given these guardrails for the marriage bed. And guardrails are there to protect. Yeah. Okay? Because if you go outside of those, man, it's damaging not only now, but later in life, in later relationships. Uh, and, and he wants the best, you know? I mean, he knows what's best. And when it comes to, like, like even beauty, like, okay, so Carrie and I are now 46 years old, and 22 years into marriage and and man i dude like redefining and, and seeing her and that romancing part like it's next level now than it was then like yeah. when we first started dating and i'm not you know and i'm as tempted as anybody else um you know to say uh, let the world dictate you know what's beautiful or what what you you know be in this relationship for and all that other stupid stuff kind of thing but I'm telling you, when you see it and begin living it out as God has given it, oh, it's beautiful. And I remember you, you brought up Matt Chandler. Um, I remember a sermon. He was talking about just the marriage covenant. And uh, he was talking about how, like, people who are anti-God, unbelievers, that they will rail against, you know, Christian marriage. And, oh, it's, you know, one man, one woman, and monogamy for life, blah, 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 and that kind of thing. Until they see one doing living it the right way and then they're like i want that yeah because that you're not getting that anywhere else and so for for believers man what what a not only for you but again for the glory of god mm-hmm. like the, the god and the gospel is real and it's on display in your marriage can be should be yeah something too uh that i wanted to mention was like kind of going to that 
you're struggling with sexual temptation. And this is something I, I, I started practicing recently of Comer, he's got this book called Live No Lies, mm-hmm. and it is is brilliant. He's pulling a lot from the the Desert Fathers and specifically this uh, this one old book. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was uh, The Monastic Guide to Combating Demons. Okay. Just it's, it's a cool title. But uh, in it, Comer breaks down this idea that the Desert Fathers had of your strongest desire is not always your deepest desire. Mm-hmm. And you you see that kind of with the idea of fasting of your yeah. strongest desire in the moment is, I'm hungry. Yeah. Like your flesh yeah. wants food. Yeah. Your deepest desire is something yeah. way better. Yeah. And that's the thing you need to aim to feel. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to sexual desires, especially like you struggling with lust or objectifying somebody or whatever, uh, Going through the process of when that temptation comes, saying, okay, what's the strongest desire here? Mm-hmm. Strongest desire is I want to objectify this this young lady or young this man or whatever, and I want to get this release. Mm-hmm. The lie in that, you, I'm kind of trying to break down kind of the process of you, you didn't expose the lie. With the lie is once mm-hmm. I get this release, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be done. I won't have to deal with this anymore. Yep. Which is a lie because yep. we all know it's going to come back again later. Very you, soon. You said that uh, thing earlier too. Mm-hmm. Of it's, it's never like a one-time thing. Yeah. But then you got to find that the deepest desire. Yeah. The deepest desire is in your soul. You want to be intimate with somebody. Mm-hmm. So you want somebody to love you and to care for you, and uh, to belong to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, the truth is is only Jesus can do that. Amen. And that's going to help guard you from, it is genuinely helped me yeah. of guarding against falling into some of those sexual temptations. And because and I'm sure do it with anger or whatever. Mm-hmm. But specifically for me of like when sexual temptation comes up of stepping back in the moment and saying, okay, let me find the strongest desire and the deepest desire. Mm-hmm. Let me find the truth oh, and yeah. the lie. That's so good. And it helps you really just reframe the situation you're in because mm-hmm. a lot of times temptation comes you just feel like there's no way out yeah like you you oh, yeah. there's that passage of like a door will be there for you a yes. way to escape yeah yeah you're like i don't see that door yeah it's foggy <laughs> but uh going through that process is yeah. it, it's helped me find that door yeah of there's always the way of escape yeah. you know? man i had a guy and i'll just i'll hush after this but when you said that because yes jesus is the ultimate fulfillment but if i can take it down a level yeah and just talk about marriage versus masturbation pornography yes so i had a guy that i was counseling and uh, he and his wife were going through a very difficult time they were not uh they were not being intimate with one another there was a ton of friction in the marriage and uh, he was he was getting on the verge and probably already was of being addicted to porn i mean he was just released frustration anger out whatever i mean he had all the the list of reasons you know for doing it kind of thing and uh he told me uh which is i love just brutal honesty and stuff and i think that's how we should be with our sin um that he would masturbate and there would be shame and guilt right after and then an hour later, he found himself watching more. And it was just this it just vicious cycle. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't, do, couldn't get enough that never fulfilled kind of stuff. 
and then he talked about how giving that to the Lord, reconciling with his wife, and being intimate with his wife. And he was like, all of those, all that that I was looking for, and I knew it was not fulfilling, and yet I kept going back. I kept, I kept hearing the lies. I kept thinking maybe this time, whatever reason, yeah. just the deception of sin, kept going back. And he said, but then, again, it was not just sex, but it was, okay, restoration, intimacy with my spouse. And he was like, there was that even after and thereafter, this there was no shame, there was no guilt, there was joy, there was satisfaction, there was intimacy with his spouse after sex. You know what I mean? There was there was all that God designed it to be. But it was just that very practical, because you hear that and you're like, oh, Jesus, and I know for some people. Yeah. But I'm just saying that that whatever that hookup, mm-hmm. even if it's sex or if it is masturbation or whatever it is, it, it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. It's not going to fulfill that long and that, that, just that desire that you really have in your soul. Yeah. It is, yeah. It, it, that's the thing I have to constantly remind myself as a single of when those temptations come. It's like, even the temptation of like to to go off and just like have one night stand or whatever. Sure. It's reminding myself of like, nah, dude, wait. Waiting, not only am I going to feel better about myself because I know the kind of man I'm going to be, mm-hmm. but then the the joy I'm going to have with my future wife one day. Sure. Of, I'm not, I'll have baggage I'm bringing in, but I'm not going to be bringing yeah. as much baggage as yeah, I, I possibly bad. could. Sure. You know? And then what you do to her as far as, okay, yeah. the hookup and now she goes on kind of thing. And, yeah. and she's now, you know, Lord willing, will be somebody's spouse down the road and the, you just added more baggage for her. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's that, that you know, moving beyond self. Yeah. So... And if you've fallen, man, and, and, you know, this is something you've struggled and you thought you've kind of overcome or gotten at least a little, you know, you resisted for a time kind of thing and you fail, man, again, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, there's grace for that. It's a journey. Yeah. That, that's what I've also loved about that Dominion book is this group of people following the way they're – and the the thing that stood out is they're figuring out as they go hmm. of – they didn't have, especially like early on, they didn't have all the standards of like orthodoxy and uh, they, they didn't have big corporate systems in place of mm-hmm. how Christianity is supposed to be done. Man, they love Jesus and they're they're just going after it. Yeah. And they're figuring out daily, it's coming cool. together, working together. And, uh, yeah, it, it made me feel good. I'm like, okay, we can figure it out. <laughs> good word. This has been another episode of Into the Fray. We want to thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast feed. We will see you next week for another conversation.